Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining me today on the Divine Messages podcast. My name is Karina, and I am a psychic medium out of Calgary, Alberta. On today's episode, I wanted to discuss how important it is to make peace with your past. One of the things that I say all of the time is that the past is already done. None of us can go back and change any of it. But we are all guilty of obsessing over past events that really affected us. It has been said that anxiety is fear of the future and depression is living in the past. So really think about that for a minute. We can feel an immense amount of deep sadness when we relive the events that hurt us to the core. And that can send us into a deep depression. And then the anxiety can hit and all of a sudden we are stressing out over events that may or may not even happen in our future. And of course I struggle with this myself even with all of the amazing spiritual tools that I have accumulated along my journey, and I am for sure nowhere near what I was 10 years ago. But I've consciously worked extremely hard at healing my pain and traumas. But sometimes those pains run so deep that it's like continuously peeling layers off of an onion. So although I no longer feel broken, I still have some work to do to make peace with my past. And really, don't we all? So for Thanksgiving this year, we flew home to Ontario. It was also my oldest son's 16th birthday, and we thought that it would be fun to spend it with family and friends. And every time I go home, I like to visit a few of the places that I grew up in or hung out at. I haven't lived there for 16 years, and driving around to see all of my childhood homes and stuff feels so amazing. But I also have to admit that some of the places also bring a sense of sadness to me. There are certain houses and places that trigger a bunch of negative memories. It really wasn't as painful as it once was, though. It feels more like a sadness to me more than anything. A sadness for that little girl that was completely broken and taken advantage of. A sadness for someone who didn't have a voice and moved across the country to escape all of the memories. Do you know that I moved to Alberta 16 years ago and I didn't go back home for 10 full years? 10. That's crazy when I think about it. It took me 10 long years to heal as best as I could from my traumas, and only 6 years ago did I decide to journey back as I finally felt strong enough. And when I did, I actually found that I had missed so much of Ontario, all of my friends, all of my family, and all of the places that did feel good to me. I think I needed those 10 years out west here to gain my strength, and I did. I started to feel connected again to Ontario, and each time that I would leave, I felt sad. Not sad enough to want to move home, but sad to leave a part of me there. I'm not even sure I can properly explain what I'm trying to say, but I hope all of you sort of understand. Anyways, six years ago, I took my children, I rented a car, and I drove all over the place. I took them all to the houses that I had lived in, and to any place that I felt the strong pull to go to. Okay, wait, I have to stop for a second and share this. When I do episodes without a guest, I always sit with a pen and paper and channel all that my guides would like me to share in the episode. And I mean, I could probably not have a thing written down and just sit and record something. But the way that my brain works is that, like, I'm all over the place and writing helps me to get everything out without jumping all over. So I'm sitting here in bed and as I'm writing about my childhood and where I'm from, The lamp beside me has been flickering on and off this entire time. So much so that I had to stop writing and I sent a video to my sister-in-law. 
I know without a doubt that that is my dad. I can feel him in the room with me as I'm trying to get my story out. He is a huge part of why I'm writing this episode, and I know he is here supporting me, and that feels amazing. Okay, so let me go back to what I was trying to say before I had all this light flickering going on. So six years ago, I had visited so many childhood places, and I felt really good. And one of those places was the farm that I lived in from 9 till 19. Now, if any of you have listened to the episode that I had done with my childhood friend Cindy, you would know that she was the one who lived across the street from me at the farm. And if you haven't listened to it, maybe go back and find it as it will make more sense as to why I needed to go back there to visit it. So that episode is called Blast from the Past, and it's one of my favorites because that is the house that I started to see spirits in. It is also the home that many terrible things happened in, and I've talked about a lot of them in a bunch of different episodes. But basically, living there for just 10 years and so much happened during that time period that changed me forever. The house was completely haunted, and I lived in pure terror every single day. But that wasn't the reason that I wanted to go there. I wanted to go there because during those 10 years of living there, I lived a thousand lives. I went through things most people would never experience even once in their lifetime. I needed to go through all of it because it made me the healer and medium that I am today. Most true healers have had the most difficult and horrible things happen to them because that level of empathy that they could offer to the people around them is like no other. So I know that it all happened for a reason, but I needed to go back to make peace with all of the memories that I had. Many years ago, my father had sold the farm to the golf course behind us, and it looked so different than from what I had remembered. The house is a historical property and can never be taken down, but it was renovated a lot, at least from the outside from what I could see. It used to be old red brick and is now white siding. There was also the creepiest side door on the house that was so old and had stained glass on it, and that was gone and replaced with a brand new white door. And although the exterior had been changed, the house still felt eerie as I stood outside of it, like just creepy. Now that barn, oh, that barn, it was my safe zone. It was painted a fresh coat of dark brown paint, but it really looked as if nothing had changed. So that first time that I went there six years ago, I stood outside of it and I watched as a young couple took their wedding photos in front of it. I know that I should have been happy for them, I should have been thrilled that it had become a place for couples that had their wedding at the golf course, and I should have been happy that they were there to take their precious wedding photos. But instead, I felt gutted. I felt territorial. I felt protective of the one place that saved my soul. It was my sanctuary, and now all of these strangers were claiming it. So I left that day with a heavy heart. I know that it wasn't right to react that way, especially after all of the healing that I had done, but I honestly couldn't help it. So over the years, I would say I went back maybe once or twice more, but I still couldn't shake that territorial feeling. I remember the day that my parents had bought that property. I ran right into the barn to explore. I had found so many cool old things. I even found newspapers from the 1920s. I was obsessed with being in there. It felt so comforting in so many ways. Eventually, my father rented out the barn and the people brought horses to it. And that was the beginning of my love for animals. There were even chickens and a pig there. 
and I couldn't wait to get home from school to go be with them all. I would be in there for hours brushing the horses. I was lucky enough that they even let me ride them a lot. I rode English and Western back then. I loved those animals so much because they were so pure. I now realize that they were angels in disguise. The love, comfort, and sense of safety that they gave me was so special. So that is why every chance I got, I would be in that barn. Even as I got older and into my teens, I would bring my friends into the tack room to hang out. We made it a special spot with furniture and all. We had many parties in there, and my brother even had his after-prom in that barn. I will never, ever forget that night. We had made a bar in front of the stalls. There were no animals in it anymore, as it had been empty for a year or more. And they had put seven kegs of beer to serve to everyone from the makeshift bar downstairs. Now upstairs in the hayloft is where we had a DJ and we turned it into a dance floor. Over 700 people came that night. There was the largest bonfire that anyone had ever seen. There were about 50 tents spread all over the property. I was only in grade 10 at the time and was loving every single second of it. It was the best party that I had ever been to. It went all the way until 7 a.m. And that is when the police eventually shut it down as some minor fights had started. Yes, a bunch of drunk teens partying for hours upon hours, something was bound to happen. But that was a night that I will never forget. And so that barn holds so much meaning to me. So you see why strangers posing in front of it deeply hurt? I understand that the property was sold and we had moved, but out of all of the places that we have lived, that was the one that became a huge part of me. When there was chaos in my home, I ran to the barn to escape. I would stay in there for hours just trying to calm myself. It was the only place that I felt entirely safe, and I would be in there almost feeling as if I was in another world, and I suppose that I was. I guess I can now see it as my soul disconnected out of my physical body and I would float to the other side where I felt comforted. This is how I can best explain why I'm a medium. I was never present in my body. I was always disconnected and floating. And eventually, I learned to meet spirits in that place. In that space, it was safe and I felt that I was at home. Even during my traumas, I wasn't present. My soul would jump out of my body and go to the other side as a form of protection. Does that make sense? And that is why it is so easy for me, almost effortless, to connect with the people on the other side. Okay, so now back to the last trip home. The minute that we booked the tickets, I got a rush of excitement knowing that I would get another chance to go to the property. I told my husband that I needed to make the time on this trip to get there, and he always knows why I need to go and he never questions it. He even lived there with me when we first met, so he knows how much that barn and property mean to me. But this time felt different for some reason. I knew that it was going to be more than a visit. I knew that something big was supposed to happen that hadn't quite happened before. And as we landed in Toronto, I knew that I was being sent there to make peace with my past for good. Each time before, I sort of avoided letting myself truly feel. But this time felt different. I knew that I needed to go back and face all of my old feelings head on. It wasn't until the day we were actually flying back home that we got out there. It had been such a busy but amazing, really amazing weekend. There just wasn't enough time until the last day. On the drive out to it, I had this overwhelming feeling start to come over me. I was trying to understand if it was excitement, sadness, 
fear or something else. But I just tried to embrace it. And as we pulled up to the farm, I felt that I needed to be there to make that peace. The feeling that I had was almost like completion. I was there to complete a part of me that I had lost many years ago. So Nick pulled over beside the barn, and I had asked the three of them if they wanted to sneak into the barn with me. And yes, I had to sneak in because there were a few men that worked on the golf course nearby. But anyways, the boys all said no. So I walked up there, and at first I thought it was locked, but it wasn't. I stepped into that hayloft, and in an instant, I felt as if I had traveled back in time. It smelled the exact same way that it did all those years ago. Nothing in there had changed except for some random furniture that was being stored in there. I even saw the old piece of wood that my dad had screwed into the floor to fix an area right when you walked in. I stood there and I took it all in, and memory after memory flooded into my mind. It was almost as if I was a young little girl again, hiding away from the world. I felt my father's spirit with me in that hayloft, and I couldn't help but tear up as I thought about my childhood. I didn't stifle my feelings, I allowed myself to feel all of it. I was there to make peace with some of my past, and that's what I did. I went from sad, to peaceful, to happy, and then back to sad. And I stared at the long rope that I used to climb and then jump into the bales of hay. And although there was no hay in there anymore, I saw it in my mind as if it was yesterday. So I'll be posting all of these photos and videos that I took that day on my social media pages so that you can all see and feel the energy along with me. So when I left the barn, I was all over the place with my emotions. And as soon as I got back in the car to leave, I knew that they all felt what I wasn't saying. I then asked Nick to pull up closer to the house so that I could get out and actually make peace with the house. I stood in front of it and thanked the home and the spirits that reside there because that house may be the medium that I am today. And although there were so many negative experiences that happened in there, including painful traumas, not to mention being terrorized by spirits, I still felt the gratitude for the property. And when I got back in the car, I didn't feel the heaviness that I once felt about it. Instead, I felt a sense of closure and I was actually smiling. I felt free. I felt that I could lay those painful feelings to finally rest and that I could start appreciating my experiences because without them, I wouldn't be who I am today. I think feeling gratitude for the place helped me to shift and that is what brought the closure. And as my youngest son was observing my energy as we drove off, I knew that he was feeling my happiness and I was happy. I was actually feeling as if I didn't want to leave it. And then he turns to me and he says, Mom, you love the farm, don't you? And I said, yes, buddy, I actually do. And then he says, well, mom, when I get older, I'm going to buy it back for you. That was one of the sweetest things that he has ever said to me. And I couldn't help but choke back the tears. I actually said to him that I believed him, and I do. I've said before that healing is a continuous effort, and it takes time. Just when you feel you are healed, Something will come up that brings you right back to another situation that needs to be dealt with, and that is perfectly okay. Healing should not be forced. Healing will happen when you allow yourself to. So now, let's go through a few ways that can help you to make peace with your past. First of all, the most important thing is to feel it all. 
I always say that you've got to feel it in order to heal it. Most people don't want to. They would rather stifle the pain and avoid dealing with any of it. So sit with it and feel it. Scream, cry, get angry. Whatever you have to do to let it out, then do that. The key factor is to not keep it bottled up inside. Second is to forgive yourself. Yes, this is a tough one, but it's a crucial one. We all have a tendency to beat ourselves up for every single time that we allowed someone to hurt us, even though we know deep down that it wasn't our fault. Third, try to find the lesson as best as you can. What did it teach you? Strength, compassion, empathy, etc. We are here to learn and help our souls to evolve, and those lessons will keep repeating themselves until we finally get it and heal from it. Fourth, Try to forgive the person or people that hurt you. There is that saying, holding on to anger is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. This is true. We forgive for ourselves and we forgive to release us from that negative energetic bond that we have attached to the other person. And fifth, let go of the guilt and shame that you are carrying around. None of us are perfect in any way. We are all just trying to navigate through this life, and guilt and shame will hold you back from healing. Six, don't rush your healing. Do not feel pressured in any way to force healing to occur. To make peace with your past, it must be done on your own time and done in the way that works for you. Seventh, find ways to let the pain out. That could be by speaking to a therapist, a good friend or family member, or perhaps journaling to release the energy. For some, it may be exercising, cooking, or cleaning. As long as when the painful feelings arise, you allow it to happen and find whatever way that works for you to let it all out. And lastly, love yourself. Love yourself so much for being able to survive what you once may not have thought you would have ever been able to. And so I want to leave you all with this today. Making peace with your past isn't always easy, but it is necessary. It is over and done and cannot be changed. You cannot go back in time, nor can you go into the future. All you have is the present moment, and if you can find peace in this present time, your past will fade away and you will make room for new opportunities to enter. I want to thank you all so much for joining me today on the Divine Messages podcast and thank you for staying with me as I shared my journey with all of you. If you would like to book a reading with me, I can be reached at www.divinemessages.ca or on Instagram at divinemessages333 or at the Divine Messages podcast. Please bear in mind that the perspectives and opinions represented in this podcast are based solely on the Divine Messages interpretations. We can in no way be held responsible for the actions of our followers.